Brothers and sisters, this worship service has been particularly designated for the prayer for crops and labor that we do annually, and therefore we will focus on the prophecy of Habakkuk, the last chapter, but as background reading, let's first turn to 2 Samuel 22. So we begin our reading, 2 Samuel chapter 22. We'll start with verse 26 and read through to verse 37. As you can see from the beginning of this chapter, this is a song that the Holy Spirit inspired David to sing, to compose and sing when he had been delivered from all of his enemies. Let us begin then with verse 26. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you deal purely. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. You save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your gentleness makes me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. And then let's turn forward to the prophecy of Habakkuk. Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, chapter 3. We'll read the entire chapter together. Chapter 3, verse 1. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet according to Shigianoth. O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light 
Rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled his power. Before him went pestilence, and plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. I saw the tents of Kushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers or your indignation against the sea when you rode on your horses on your chariot of salvation? You stripped the sheath from the bow, calling for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their place at the light of your arrows as they sped, at the flash of your glittering spear. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. You pierced with his own arrows the heads of his warriors, who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. I hear, and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet, I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines. The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers, he makes me tread on my high places to the choir master with stringed instruments. Let's now respond unto the Lord's word. We'll do so standing and singing from Psalm 19. The text for the preaching from God's word this morning then is Habakkuk chapter 3, the verses 17 through 19. Let's read those once more. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no fruit, no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd 
in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. To the choir master with stringed instruments. After the proclamation of God's word and in response to it, let's sing once again from this psalm, Psalm 18, stanza 10. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, the last chapter of the book of Habakkuk is a prayer, verse 1, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. And since today is a special Sunday, special worship service for the prayer for crops and labors, it seems fitting. At the same time, this chapter is also a song. That's clear from the very end. Even though there is this strong ending, God makes me tread on my high places, afterwards there's somewhat quieter note to the choir master with stringed instruments. So we have here, from the Holy Spirit, through the prophet Habakkuk, a chapter which is a combination. You could call it a, a prayer song or song prayer. And what then is Habakkuk praying and singing about? Well, in the first part of the chapter, in fact, the largest part of the chapter, he's praying and he's singing about the Lord as a very mighty Warrior. There's all kinds of poetic, descriptive language which speaks about the Lord's power. The Lord's power as he comes and he defeats his enemies. But so great is the Lord's power, brothers and sisters, that even the very creation is shaking and trembling. Look back at verse 10, for instance, the mountains saw you and writhed. Often we speak about writhing in pain. That means you kind of twist or even convulse in pain or perhaps in fear. It's not too often that mountains twist and convulse. Mountains are just there. They're huge blocks of granite or whatever kind of stone. They don't move. Except when the Lord comes, then even the mountains rise. The great power of the Lord, the great warrior, is more than enough to save his people from every enemy, every foe. Verse 13, You, O Lord, went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked. You can even think all the way back to the Lord's promise to crush the head 
of the serpent, Satan. But then, as Habakkuk continues with his song prayer, he comes in verse 16 to focus on something different. For a verse, he speaks not about the Lord and his great power, but he speaks about himself. And he's scared. I hear, my body trembles, my lips quiver at the sound, my legs are trembling beneath me. Why this, why this fear now? If the Lord is so strong, if the Lord is so mighty, why are his knees knocking, his legs trembling beneath him? Well, brothers and sisters, it's because earlier in this book of Habakkuk, the Lord has made clear, particularly in chapter 1, that he's going to send the Babylonians, also called the Chaldeans, to punish the people of God because they have been so disobedient, so stubborn, and so full of worshiping other gods. And this nation, the Babylonians, they're harsh. They're cruel. Their horses, verse 8 of chapter 1, their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than evening wolves, their horsemen press proudly on. These Chaldeans, these Babylonians, are like a pack of coyotes. They're fierce. They don't care. They don't have compassion. They come, they defeat they destroy, they burn, and they ravage. And Habakkuk knows not when, but he knows it's going to happen. We live here in peace. We live here in so much prosperity in Canada, brothers and sisters. But try to appreciate where the prophet is at. If you knew that at some point, a mighty nation like the Babylonians, fierce and callous, was going to invade and destroy your land, your knees might be knocking too. And yet, even if his feet and legs are trembling, even if his heart is shaking, there's faith. Deep down, yet, Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us. He knows, brothers and sisters, that there are going to be dark, black, bleak days ahead. But he also trusts. He trusts in the Lord. And one day, things are going to turn around. And this faith has a deep, deep joy in it. This morning, as we pray for crops and we pray for labor, we see no invading army on the horizon. And yet, this basic truth that the Holy Spirit reveals here, that even when circumstances go black or bleak or very dark, yet we too may pray and sing with Habakkuk 
yet I will wait for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I bring you God's words now in more detail under the following theme. The Lord's prophet calls us to live in the joy of faith, even when there are very difficult circumstances. We'll see in the first place the challenge to this faith, secondly the celebration of this faith, and finally its victory. There can be no doubt, brothers and sisters, that days can get dark and bleak. And look at the way that Habakkuk speaks. Though the fig tree should not blossom, it's not even that the harvest failed, brothers and sisters of the figs, never even got there. It didn't bud. It didn't blossom. In the springtime, when everything is supposed to be coming out, even that didn't happen. And there were no buds on the fig tree. Though there will be no fruit on the vines, no fruit, not just a harvest that was a little bit meager, but no grape harvest. Even though the whole olive harvest would fail, and you have to know that in the land of Palestine, the land of Israel, olive trees and the whole olive industry was a huge part of the local economy. But it fails, even if it fails, says Habakkuk. And the fields, all the grain, all the barley, all the spelt, even though they yield no, please note, no food, not just a little bit less than last year's harvest, not, not exactly a bumper crop, but no food, even though the flock be cut off from the fold and all of the sheep and the goats taken away, perhaps by the Babylonians, even though there be no herd in the stalls, no cows, no oxen, no donkeys, even though, says Habakkuk, from the fields to the barn, it be nothing, nothing but bleak, nothing but disaster, nothing but destruction, nothing but failure. Well, this is quite something. Talk about a bad year. You know, normally, we, we look for the bright spot. Something may not be going so well, but we say, well, don't, don't focus on that only. Look there. Look at the blessings. Maybe... Maybe you don't make quite as much in one year as you do in the the year before, income-wise. But look, we say, we still have a roof over our heads, we still have clothes, we still have food on the table. But brothers and sisters, Habakkuk says, though there be no bright spot. And to really, really have this come home with us, we need to realize how important agriculture was for God's people. Agriculture is a big part of our lives here around this area. It's a big part of our country as well and its economy. But there are all kinds of other industries as well. But in the land of Israel, even though there were also some other industries, so many families were completely dependent are almost completely dependent on agriculture. 
And if the figs and the olives and the fields and the flock and the herd all went down to dismal failure, this is not a bear market instead of a bull market in the stock market. This is not a little dip in the economy, brothers and sisters. This is starving children looking at their parents. Dad, Mom, is there nothing to eat? Even though it would become that black, says Habakkuk. And that's a challenge to the faith. Brothers and sisters, if you have a roof over your head and you've got clothes on your body and you've got food on your table, you can say, I believe in the Lord, the provider. Look at what he gives us. But what about when it's not there? What about when there's no food for the table? Can you still say, I believe in the Lord. I trust him with all my heart. I trust him with all my soul. It's not so easy. Let's be honest. How do we believe in utterly bleak days? In fact, for Habakkuk, it went even deeper than that. If you would, brothers and sisters, turn in Scripture to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28 is a very central chapter in the Bible. It's the Bible about the covenant. And within the covenant, there's not only two parts, promise and obligation, there's also two outcomes, blessing and curse. Blessing for those who trust and obey Curses for those who do not heed the voice of their God. The first part of this chapter is all about the blessings. The second half and the much longer half is all about the curses. And look now particularly at verse 49 through 51. And as we read these verses, listen for the similar things to what Habakkuk was speaking about in chapter 3. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the end of the earth, swooping down like an eagle, a nation whose language you do not understand. Think Babylonians. Verse 50, a hard-faced nation who shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young. Think the Babylonians like a fierce pack of wolves. It, that nation shall eat the offspring of your cattle and the fruit of your ground until you are destroyed. It shall also leave you no grain, wine, or oil, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock until they have caused you to perish. Habakkuk knew those words, brothers and sisters. He knew what the covenant was all about. And he's, what he's saying here in chapter 3 is not only even though there be a terrible year, 
even though the economy may crumble, what he's really saying is, even though the Lord's punishment, even though the curse of the covenant, which we as a nation who have been so stubborn fully deserve, even though the Lord's curse come upon us, yet I will believe in the Lord. But that's a challenge. It's not only a challenge when things might go wrong in your life, whether that's financially, whether that's with your relationships, whether that's some aspect of your life. But when you as a child of God start to struggle, start to wonder, is the Lord angry at us? Is the Lord filled with indignation against us for some reason? That's hard. That's really hard on a person's faith. Do you start to understand why Habakkuk's knees were knocking and his heart was beating? And yet, where is his focus? The figs are not blossoming and the olives have failed and everything seems to be a disaster, brothers and sisters. But where is Habakkuk focused? He's praying. And to whom do you pray? The Lord. And even in the midst of this, he's singing. And to whom do we sing? To the Lord. Even if it becomes this black, says Habakkuk, he says, I will rejoice in the Lord. And I will take joy in the God of my salvation. We'll come back to that in a few moments. Verse 19, God, this is where it all ends. God, the Lord, he is my strength. Those dire circumstances might be all around him, might even be around us in one way or the other. But he doesn't stand there, he doesn't sit there, eyes riveted on all of this destruction and disaster. His eyes, his heart goes up to the Lord. That is his focus. And that, brothers and sisters, is the only way to meet these very real challenges to our faith. Is to look up and offer a prayer. To sing and offer up praise. We will pray this worship service for prayer of crops and labors. Maybe this year is going to go very well. Maybe this year is not going to go so well in certain things. But whichever way it goes in the Lord's wisdom, brothers and sisters, keep your focus every day 
precisely where Habakkuk is focused. And then you may do so as a Christian. You may do so, brothers and sisters, in even a richer way than Habakkuk did here. Why? Because you know that the God of your salvation sent his son named Jesus Christ who was nailed to a cross and the cross means the lifting of the curse. You and I deserve that covenant curse no less. Make no mistake about it. We deserve that covenant curse no less than these people of Judah in the days of Habakkuk. But we've received a crucified Savior. And the cross is all about the curse of God that came upon his shoulders and his soul so that it might be lifted off of your shoulders and off of your soul. And so even though the fig tree of your life would not blossom, even though the fruit and the olive of your life may not flourish. Yet, brothers and sisters, you may be confident of this, that the Lord your God, for the sake of Jesus Christ, the crucified one who has lifted the curse off of you, he may be refining you. That's all part of the challenge of faith. But he's not condemning you. And then you start to see how even Habakkuk already, only looking forward in the shadows to Jesus Christ, could say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. That is so striking. He doesn't simply say, yes, I'll continue to believe in the Lord, that too. But there's another level here. He says, believing in the Lord, trusting in him, I'm going to rejoice, even if it gets this bad. And I'm going to take joy in the God of my salvation. How is this ever possible? Is Habakkuk some type of super saint? Is Habakkuk some some man, some child of God who, come what may, even if everything goes black, everything, everything's a disaster, Yet he's just got this inner glow about him. Smile on his face. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. He's no super saint, brothers and sisters. Look at verse 16. His knees are knocking. His heart is trembling. He's scared. And yet... By the power of the Holy Spirit, he does say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Don't miss those three words. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. I will rejoice in I am who I am, the Lord. The God who is ever merciful, ever compassionate, abounding in steadfast love and grace. The fig tree may not blossom, but God's still the same. He's still the Lord, 
And he's just as merciful as ever. And that's why I'm rejoicing, says Habakkuk. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. There may be no cow left in my barn. There may be no harvest in my bin. But the God of my salvation hasn't changed one iota. He saved Adam and Eve from Satan's deception. He saved Noah from the flood. He saved Israel from the Egyptians. He saved Israel from the Babylonians. And he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to save us all from sin, death, and Satan. And nothing, no crop failure, no invading army, nothing is going to change the God of my salvation or the salvation that comes from my God. And that's why he can say, brothers and sisters, I rejoice in the God of my salvation. If I ask you, now brothers, sisters, in whom or in what do you believe? And then I give you two options. Do you believe in Christ or do you believe in the circumstances of your life? I suppose that without hesitation you would say, of course. A, I believe in Christ. I don't don't believe in the circumstances of my life. May I ask you another question? In whom or in what do you find the joy of your life? In Christ or in the circumstances of your life? Well, we know the right answer. But if we're honest, we might have to think about that one a little bit longer. But where does joy come from? if not from faith. And where does faith come from, if not from the Lord? If we say in whom or in what do we believe, we immediately say the Lord. But if we ask, or if we are asked, in whom or in what do you find your joy? Then so often, we go to the circumstances of our life. And if the circumstances are good, we're happy. If the circumstances are not, we lose our joy. And Habakkuk is not saying that we're always going to be happy clappy. Remember, his knees are knocking. He's scared. You would be too if the Babylonians were coming. But still, in the midst of the fear, in the midst of the failure, there's real joy. Joy in the Lord, in the God of our salvation. Brothers and sisters, we can celebrate even in dire circumstances. Because this God of our salvation is going to give us victory too. That's what Habakkuk was waiting. Even if it was going into a deep valley, verse 16, I wait for the day of trouble to come on the people who invade us and the day of blessing to come 
to us as God's people. Verse 19 has the same theme. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. David said the same thing, 2 Samuel chapter 22. He said, the Lord makes my feet like the deer. Look at the contrast. What's happening with Habakkuk's feet and his legs in verse 16? They're trembling. They're shaking. His knees are knocking. He doesn't look like a sure-footed deer who's bounding from one rocky crag to the next, climbing the mountain without so much as a slip or a fall. Verse 16, he looks like he's going to tumble over any moment. So how did he come from verse 16, where he could barely stand up straight, he was so scared, to verse 19, where he can describe himself as a deer bounding up the mountain to the heights, not missing his foot in traction once. Well, look who stands between verse 16 and verse 19 at the end. God, the Lord, is my strength and my salvation and my victory. We don't see Babylonians on the horizon, brothers and sisters, but there's actually a far worse foe can't see him either. He's called Satan. And no less than the Babylonians who eventually had their sights on the land of Israel to pillage, to plunder, and destroy. Satan has his sights on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan has his sights on the Alora Canadian Reformed Church. Satan has his sights on all of us here gathered. He's the arch enemy. He's the foe that doesn't give up. And through all kinds of subtle, tricky, devious ways, he's trying to drag this congregation down, trying to drag you and your family down. By mocking, as the world around says, what are you old-fashioned folks still believing in? God? Still believe that God created the world? Still believe there was a flood? Get with the program. Get with the 21st century. It's all around. Satan trying to attack us. And he doesn't care. He doesn't have compassion on elderly, he doesn't have compassion on little children. You think the Chaldeans were like a pack of coyotes. Satan and his demons are far more cruel. And it would be enough to make us all have knocking knees. If, if, brothers and sisters, we did not have exactly the same God as Habakkuk did. God, the Lord, he is my strength. You, brothers and sisters, can sing that. You can pray that. 
just as much know more than Habakkuk ever did. God the Lord is going to strengthen his church. God the Lord is going to strengthen the Alora Canadian Reformed Church so that we, yes, even each of us individually, notice my, we can go forward in the strength of the Lord from one rocky crag of this life to the next until we reach by the grace of God, the summit of his salvation. Amen.